Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of The Primal Show. As always, we have myself, Michael McKnight, and Derek Lytle. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, apologize, we didn't get an episode recorded last week. I <laughs> was suffering from our little standard American diet thing, and I just did not <laughs> feel like talking or doing anything when we were planning on recording. <laughs> but we'll get into that a little bit later into this episode, because this episode is all about CGMs and our little experiment, even though it didn't last as long as we had hoped. <laughs> 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 but nowhere we, near we, as long but it's all good yeah but i think it's gonna have a lot of uh interesting talking points still so uh we should still have a good conversation today about that but before we dive into that how you doing derek doing good finally recovered from eating garbage um which is nice <laughs> um oh, there's i think there's a lot of factors that played into why i felt terribly but uh i'm doing good back down in arizona i've been in silverton colorado uh, working on a film project it's been cold up there a lot of snow uh, yeah. So it's nice to be down in Arizona where it's finally warming up again. And yeah, I, I say that as I'm in a hoodie, but it's it's pretty nice during the day. It's still cool and chilly in the mornings, but afternoons are great. Nice. Yeah. What do you have coming up? Do you have any races or anything? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm supposed to be running um, Zion Trail Half in a couple weeks. And then I'm going to do oh. the Southern Utah Half Marathon as well as the week after. And cool. they're just kind of like, I don't know. I was in St. George running with a buddy. I was like, I kind of want to just run a half marathon just to see like what it's like. I haven't done it in probably five or six years. So uh-huh. I'm kind of excited just to like run hard for 13 miles on pavement. Well, I guess the Zion one's on trail, but kind of a similar thing and just kind of see how it goes and just have fun and try something different. Oh, cool, dude. I'll actually uh, be down there. So I'll see you there. Oh, nice. You can watch me yeah. peek at the finish probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last half that I ran was the uh, the one up in Logan. I forgot what it's called. It runs down Logan Canyon or whatever. And that was oh the top time. of Utah. Yeah, and that was like remember when there's that um it's like the lunar or solar eclipse or something and yeah like five or six seven years ago like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I did it, and I flew back from Washington from a film shoot, and I had like an hour of sleep and went to the start line. I forgot everything. Like I ran with my phone in my hand. I ran in a t-shirt. I had nothing with me. <laughs> How did that really go? Cool. Uh, I was just pacing my girlfriend at the time. So we just ran like a 128. Uh, oh, I was just pacing good. her. Yeah, it was fine. But uh, I definitely can run a lot faster, especially if I'm actually prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. We'll have to know yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I'll let you know. It should be fun. Yeah. Um. Uh, how about anything nutritionally? Aside from what we're going to be talking about this whole episode, I guess. Oh, man, no. I think just that. I say we jump into it, man. I have a lot to say. And yeah, unless you have something you want to talk about beforehand. Nah, I got nothing. Let's dive right into it. (laughs) Jump into it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we want to start out by talking a little bit about CGMs and what they are. Um, Yeah, just just briefly. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so a CGM is continuous uh, glucose monitor. So what it is is like basically sticks a little pin um, into your, it's not into your, in your veins or your blood, but like that kind of fluid that's right above it or around it or something under your skin. Um, and it basically just measures your blood uh, sugar levels. And so like as you eat something that's going to spike your blood glucose, you can see it in, a, in an app in semi-real time. And then you can also see if you're just eating fat or whatever, it's not going to spike your um, your glucose. So simple as that. Um we use ones from a company called Levels, which you have worked before with in the past, right? Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You just like hold your phone up to the sensor, it scans it and it tells you what your glucose is right then. Um, you know, as Derek said, it helps validate whether fats versus proteins versus carbohydrates, uh, how they affect your blood sugar. But it's also really cool because you can test different carbohydrates and see how different carbohydrates affect your blood sugar, which is something that we did a little bit of as well. Yeah. And even like exercise and like other things that people don't really think about as affecting your blood sugar do. And so it's interesting to see that as well. Like if you're stressed or tired or dehydrated or whatever, it's just, it's cool to be able to see that and be able to monitor it in mostly real time. Yeah. And so usually, um, at least the ones that levels uses, I've used them about four or five times, but usually they send you, uh, two of them. Each one lasts for two weeks or four, yeah, 14 days. And then, um, so yeah, so you basically get a whole month between the two to be able to monitor a few different things. And Derek and I stuck the first one in for two weeks just to see like what our typical, uh, animal based diet is doing to our blood sugar. And then we stuck the second one in with the intent uh, to test the standard American diet for a full week and then uh, see how long it takes for levels to potentially regulate back to their normal selves, assuming anything happened. Uh, long story short, we didn't last the full week, though, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into. <laughs> um, but glucose monitors, continuous glucose monitors are super valuable. Um especially for those with diabetes, like my mom has type two diabetes and, um, she, you know, it stops them from having to prick their fingers. Like however often that ends up happening, like you just put it in once it's in there and then you can just hold your phone up to it literally whenever you want to, like every hour, every five minutes, even like there's no limitation to how often you can measure it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like a lot of valuable information, especially for um, diabetics. Cause I can't imagine even like poking your finger every day. Like yeah. all day. It just sounds super annoying. It's like, oh, now I got to inject myself insulin and all these things. It's like, whatever. Yeah. These are pretty simple. Like, once you just like, once you have it clipped in or um, pu pushed in, it's like, it's just good to go. You don't really think much about it. Just kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it's super nice. Um, occasionally, you just forget it's even there. <laughs> I remember yeah. like the first day I put it in there. And then I, I don't know if I like showered a few hours later and like I started soaping my arm, my tricep. Mine was just below my tricep. And like, I was like, what the freak is that? And I looked down and I was like, <laughs> oh, I forgot, I forgot to put that in there. <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. But uh, uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, let's, just, let's talk about the first couple of weeks with them because I, yeah. what we, I guess kind of what we did though is we, like you were saying, we did the two weeks, the standard American diet, and then we did a couple other things. And like, I no, ran no, no. animal-based diet. Animal-based <laughs> diet. Yeah, sorry. I could not okay. never last two weeks on that. <laughs> um, and then I also, I ran a race at the at the end, I think, of my first one. Um, as a trail marathon, which is kind of cool to see that data. And then, um, yeah, then we tried different things. So yeah, should yeah. just jump into the, how it was during the animal-based weeks. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you have a lot more talking points than me, uh, especially for those first two weeks since I've done this so many times. So I, I think it'd be good for you just to start talking about some of the stuff you noticed, and then I can start sharing some insight too. Yeah. So I did a little bit of experimenting. Um, I definitely followed my main diet. Um, but I was also experimenting the different types of gels, like I I mentioned before in previous shows um, for this marathon that I did. Um, but it was interesting because like eating the standard, not standard American diet, but like I was going to say standard animal-based diet, <laughs> <laughs> standard animal-based diet, um, just like a lot of meat, fat, um, like obviously heavy protein, but then also adding the fruit and the sugar and stuff was really interesting because 
I realized I was eating a lot of things that still would kind of spike my blood glucose. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't what I expected. I expected like gels and drink mixes and stuff to really spike things up a lot. Um, but since I always take those around exercise, AKA like on a run, um, they didn't really spike my blood that, that much, which was really cool to see. Um, but I did notice so that like some sort of like fruits and foods would really jack things up like a ton. And it was just more than I thought. Cause I was always just like, Oh, I'm making like the best choice in the situation, for example. And it's still like to jack up my blood sugar. I'm like, okay, maybe that's not as good of an, uh, as good of a food item as I thought it was. So what fruits did you notice were jacking it up more than other fruits? Um, mangoes, definitely a ton. Mm. Um, like, I think they're just like, I don't know. They just, they're super sweet, obviously. Um, I love them and I could just eat a whole bunch of them at one time. So like I had a couple, I just, you know, like little small, like yellow ones. I don't know what they're called. Like, I think they have different names in the States and in Mexico. They're like honey mangoes or something. Oh, I have um, no idea. <laughs> no, I love mangoes, but I, just, I guess I should learn the names. But yeah. they're just very sugary. So like those would raise my blood sugar quite a bit, um, which is interesting. Uh, berries, not so much, which was cool mm -hmm. to see, like especially raspberries, um, blackberries, blueberries didn't really do much, um, even with like honey and stuff. Did you write down what? Oh, so I guess before I ask this question, so typically in normal range, at least on the um, the app that we're using for levels, and I'm just going to hurry and pull it up just to make sure I'm not saying some random range, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's 70 to um, 120 or 150. That's why I want to hurry and take a look. Okay. Um, so yeah, standard range is 70. Oh, standard is actually, it says in the app, 70 to 180 um, is supposedly the normal range. It's and like so normal like <laughs> fasting blood glucose levels. Well, no, I mean, I guess, I don't, I think normal fasting is 100 or lower. Okay. Um, fasting glucose should be under 100, but just like a typical, like, I don't know if this is like government reg regulated zones or whatever, but like, it's just saying that you want to try to keep your blood glucose in the 70 to 180 range. Obviously, like you don't want to be close to 180, like 100% of the time, because that is yeah. pretty high. <laughs> um I think that's what it's saying is, is try to eat foods where, you know, say you do get a spike, make sure that spike stays under 180. Um, so yeah, so knowing that I'm curious to know, did you take note on like what mangoes spiked yours to versus blueberries or raspberries? No, I didn't. And I wish I would have, like in my head, I was just like, oh, I'm going to remember all this. And clearly it's <laughs> not possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they never really went too high. It was usually like 130, 140. Um, and it was definitely okay. more of like a gradual, like kind of curve. Um, and I think, I don't remember if I told you on the show or whatever, but I, I did experiment with a donut, um, just like a standard normal, like we have always like crappy donut places for whatever reason in Arizona. I'm not sure why. And I just went to go get one and like, I watched it spike pretty heavily. I think it was like 180 or something. I texted you about it. So like it was something. I'm pretty sure you told me it was over 200. That was something else actually. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. But it spiked but... like within what, 10 minutes. Oh, it was super it... fast. And you didn't yeah. even eat the whole donut, right? No, I ate like half of it. And I was just like, I was disgusted because it was just gross. But <laughs> the, the data was really interesting. So I'm glad I did it. But it was interesting to see how like the sugar grain combo and obviously like trans fats and whatever was cooked in just really jacked up my blood sugar super fast and then came mm -hmm. back down really, really fast as well. Nice. Um, what did it usually go back down to? Was it higher than what it was before you ate that? No, like I, and I'm happy about that. It was just like right around a hundred. Um, okay. A little bit higher. Usually it was like 101, 102. 
Um, so it kind of came back down pretty quick, but like, it was interesting just to see that happen. And like, imagine just eating that stuff all day, like just hyper processed mm -hmm. foods and just watching just like, boom, 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 just like <laughs> just spike all the thing. Imagine like your mood and everything, how it um, be regulated from that, which is just really interesting to think about. Um, yeah. And it's more common than you think. Like <clears throat> the thing that annoyed me the most about when we tried the standard American diet thing is I had a lot of people, I think they were mostly hate followers. I think we've talked about hate followers in this podcast before. <laughs> but like, I had these people that would message me and just be like, well, yeah, dude, of course you're going to feel crappy. Of course you're going to feel off. Like, you know, that's just so much crap. And like, I don't know if those people are just oblivious or they just like hang out with people that eat healthier than the people that I hang out. Well, I guess I hang out with people that eat healthy. <laughs> um I guess all I'm saying is, is just like the standard American diet is called the standard American diet for a reason. It's standard. Like it's so much more common than people think. I, I think, I don't know if that made sense. No, I, I totally agree. And I think like that was another like slap in the face, like apart from like my blood levels or my sugar levels in my blood, it was interesting to see like how people like normally eat all the time. Cause I think we kind of get stuck in these little bubbles in the running world of like, this like healthy slash pseudo healthy world of like, Nobody buys Doritos. Nobody buys Monster. Nobody buys Red Bull. It's like, no, like once you step out of like the bubble of, of like moderately healthy lifestyles of exercise and, and eating healthily, you see that people still eat this garbage all the time. Yep. Who is that doctor that you sent me a video of um, that tried the standard American diet for like 10 days or something? Oh. Do you remember that video? Was it, um, what's his name? Um, Bickman from was BYU. No, but he was bald. He was bald like that guy. <laughs> Don't you remember me sending me a YouTube video? Some like doctor that did it for ten days, and he like actually did it, unlike what we did. <laughs> and yeah, down a, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make a note to put that in the show notes because that was really interesting. I just forgot. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember a couple details that he shared in that, but he was saying that 58 percent of total calories from the standard American diet or processed foods. Um, yeah. I remember that one specifically. And then he talked about carbohydrates. Um, and I don't remember fully the, um, I, I want to say it was in the thirties to forties, but it was either 30 to 40% of all carbohydrate intake of the standard American diet is foods with added sugar in it. Meaning that 30 to 40% of those carbohydrates are not fruits, they're not vegetables, almost half of it is junk food. Um, and again, this is the standard American diet. It's not like the, the, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's not the not standard American diet, like it's standard, it's common. So it's, um, people eat donuts all the time. I remember like I was eating a donut three to four times a week in the morning for breakfast, just because it was super fast. It was super convenient. And I felt like I didn't have time to cook myself something healthy. Yeah. I do the same thing in college. And I know this is very typical with college students, but it's like, I'd have like toast and jelly or something for breakfast or peanut butter toast or something. And then yeah. wash it down with a monster. <laughs> like that's just like straight up glucose. Like you got the white bread. Cause it's I was in college. I'm buying the cheapest white bread possible, <laughs> the cheapest peanut butter or jelly, whatever possible. And then a monster. It's like, that's just like, yeah, there's a little bit of plant protein in there, but it's literally just turning into glucose in your, in your yeah. body. It's crazy. <laughs> Yesterday, I went up at the Utah State University. I spoke to two different business classes about like building your own brand and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously a lot of that, I was speaking about nutrition because a lot of like my personal uh, running and coaching brand is based around low carb animal based. 
And so after the class, one of the students came up to me and he was like trying to get into lifting weights and he wants to lean out and stuff. So he was asking me questions and I was asking him a lot about what he was eating. And he said that he eats almost every night for dinner, chicken, broccoli, and pasta. And I was just like, I was like, well, so he was specifically asking about like bodybuilding, bulking up, leaning out. And I was just like, first of all, I'm not a bodybuilder. So like take anything I'm saying right now with a grain of salt. But I would think that it's common practice that like, you know, if you were to simply switch out the pasta for something like fruits or vegetables, you'd probably do a little bit better at leaning out. And um, after I said that, he just kind of laughed and he was like, yeah, well, sorry, but fruits are too expensive for me. (laughs) And when he said that in my head, I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot what it's like to be a a college student. And you're just trying to find the cheapest (laughs) junk out there possible. (laughs) I remember like a staple for myself in college. I'd buy the Stag's chili, a can of Stag's chili, and I'd mix that with mac and cheese and hot dogs. Oh, that sounds nauseating. <laughs> it was delicious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, that probably like sent me into a pre-diabetic coma. <laughs> I used to always just do like when I'd be studying, I'd get a, like a sleeve of saltines and uh-huh. then just like a, a jar of peanut butter and just pff, dollop of peanut butter on the saltine. Just eat that. It's like absolutely zero nutrition, but it'd fill me up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. And this is, this is a complete side tangent. I do want to say one more quick thing about this conversation I had with this kid, but, um, he was saying that, that, um, like, so I basically told him like just before a race, how I'll go like strict keto or even carnivore to lean out. Um, and he's just like, what, you just eat a bunch of meat to lean out. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, you gain a lot of water weight if you're eating a lot of carbohydrates. So naturally, naturally, if you dump those carbohydrates, you're going to lose a lot of water weight, which will definitely make you look a lot leaner. And, um, he was just like, oh, I can't afford me. We basically had that conversation. I think we had it with Jessalyn, um, where we mm-hmm. talked about the carnivore cable cape. I always mess cabal. up. How do you cabal yeah. <laughs> carnival cabal? And like how you could buy like a 10 pound thing of ground beef, like for 15 bucks. And that's going to last you all week. So, you know, there's a lot of things I would have done differently as a college student, had I known what I know now, but anyway, that's a side tangent. Sorry. No, no, that's actually like a good, um, a good segue into something that I noticed like once we started eating the standard American diet like we both went out to eat and like granted I was in a small town I had some family stuff going on so I was at my parents house and I got a pizza and some of these donut roll things like a standard pizza based off like the USDA guidelines or whatever donut rolls like the oh, donut whole... garlic yep. knob roll things. oh the garlic knot things like the yeah. breadsticks the tiny thing okay yeah they, they were terrible they didn't even taste like garlic but um <laughs> Well, what I noticed about it is like how much money I spent for something that wasn't going to fill me up and wasn't even that good. And I even like, cause it was like over $20 for what I bought and it was small town pricing from like a really small place. So whatever, it's just how things are in small towns are just more expensive. Then I was thinking too, like if you go to Domino's and say you get like their $8 pizza. So yeah, you can get a pizza for eight bucks, but you can also get a steak for $8. Like you're mm-hmm. not gonna get a filet mignon, but you can get a steak for eight dollars. So like, all these people are like, oh, like animal base is so expensive, whatever, and they're eating out multiple times a week. It's like instead of going to Domino's at one time, go buy a steak, or oh, yeah. that's that's even cheap eating out. Like if you go to an actual restaurant, you're spending at least twenty twenty five bucks. So like that's quite a bit of food you could be buying at the grocery store right there. That's it's a, yeah. yeah. I mean, like even like at natural grocers, I can get like uh 
a, a pound of chicken, like even organic chicken for eight to $9. And it's a pound of chicken. Like, and that's obviously going to be way better than pizza. It's going to fill you up more than pizza. Um, it's just, people are just so funny because they talk about it being too expensive, but then when it comes to convenience, they're willing to go spend that kind of money at a fast food place. Like just like that. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I'm totally the same way. I think it's just like human nature. It's like, oh, we're so busy. Like, what can I do just to like, just survive essentially? It's like the survival mechanism. Yeah. But like, if you just think about it for a second though, it's like how much better your life would be if you just took a few minutes to cook. And granted, that's like ideal situation. Like sometimes you are kind of forced just to like make do, but right. it, most people are really not that busy. Like we spend hours every day on our phones doing nothing, like step away from your phone, step away from your computer, take a break, make some food. And you can eat like real food for less than eating out. And it's more fun. Yeah. And just like invest in an air fryer. Like, <clears throat> you know, I know like if you're a college student, for example, like, you know, air fryers are like, what, 150 bucks or something. Like I know up front that can be kind of hard to do. But like once you do that, like there's so many days when I have like so many emails to do or coaching calls to do where like I'll take two quick minutes to go like open a bag of chicken, dump it in the air fryer, close it, turn it on for 20 minutes, go do my thing for 20 minutes. Then it's made and done. I quickly eat it in five minutes. And it's just, just as simple as like ordering a pizza, driving to go pick it up, coming back and then eating that. Like the, in today's world, there's enough uh, appliances and things to, to make it a little bit easier to cook at home now. Yeah. And even if like you have no, nothing, like go get a crock pot, you can get a cheap yeah. one for 20 bucks, brand new, or go to the like a thrift store, get one for $2. And you can just go buy a roast. You throw the roast in the crock pot and then you get in the morning. And by evening, you have a full on meal that's going to last at least two days. Like At least two days. Yeah. yeah. So like there really aren't many excuses. I don't feel like for most people, granted, there are like certain situations where that may not be possible. But for the most part, it's like it's relatively easy. And like you were saying, just as easy to cook at home as it is to go out to eat and waste a bunch of money for junk food. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's jump back into this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we just took a big side tangent. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, uh, do, do we lose you, Derek? You're frozen. Um, I can still hear you. Derek. Can you hear me? Now I can. You froze yeah, for we... a little bit. Oh, weird. <laughs> you might, you might have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fine. Um, yeah, so maybe let's jump back into the uh, the the two weeks before we bought junk because I do think there's a few things we can talk about before we talk about the standard American diet stuff. Definitely. Um, I noticed for me when I did it, and um, so I guess real quick, Derek, and I know you've probably answered this before, but how long have you been doing an animal-based diet? Uh, let's see, year and a half, two-ish years maybe, like... Oh, so okay. it kind of went from like doing keto and like that sort of thing to not doing it well to kind of paleo this weird little journey. Like I don't have any like hard days or like when I started or stopped or whatever on these things. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'd say like a year and a half ish, um, pretty consistently. Okay. Uh, the reason I just asked is because I've been doing this coming, it's coming up on six years, obviously like the first year or two I had issues and I guess I shouldn't say obviously everybody's different, but for me, I had issues the first year or so where I would like, you know, cheat for a couple of days after a race or, um, I wasn't as strict for the first year, year or two. Uh, now I'm extremely strict with it. Um, and so I, I just want to point out that at least from what I've seen, granted, I didn't test myself before being animal based. Um, so I have no idea what my glucose is doing before all of this. Um, 
I could guess though, I think I was pre-diabetic just based off of some things that I was experiencing back with my old diet. Um, so I, I would be willing to bet that what I'm seeing with my readings was not what was happening years ago before I was eating this way. Uh, but basically all I'm saying is, is like, I notice when I eat fruit that it doesn't do anything to my blood sugar. And that could be berries. That could be orange. That could be banana. That could be even mangoes. Uh, mangoes might spike it a little bit, but for me, like when I wake up, my glucose in the morning is usually between 80 and 90. And I want to say it hovers between 90 and hundred throughout the day, you know, even after a meal, sometimes after eating mangoes, I notice it would spike to 105 or 110, which is still very low compared to that 70 to 180 range. But, you know, this was eating four to six servings of fruit a day. And at most I was seeing my glucose go up 10. And so like, it's not that high compared to like what you saw with that donut, for example, <clears throat> that spiked it to above 180. And then even going back to what you were saying with the mangoes, like, do you, do you remember if yours spiked above 110 when you would eat a mango? <clears throat> oh, totally. Me. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. And so the reason I say that, and like, obviously everybody's different. Like some people might have a little more insulin resistance, for example, than somebody else. Um, so you, you know, you would see those numbers deviate a little bit more. Uh, but what I'm just trying to say is that the longer you eat clean, the more your body is going to correct itself, at least from what I'm seeing with myself, you know, again, I would bet that before I was eating this way, that if I was to eat a mango, it would jack my blood sugar up just because of how many processed foods with added sugar I was eating at the time. And just like any kind of sugar, I'm sure freaked my body out. But now since I've been so low sugar for six years, um, you know, my body just has been able to figure out how to take care of that and eating significant amounts of fruit isn't really doing anything to my, my, my metabolic health is, is all I'm trying to say, I guess. <laughs> no, that's really interesting because like my like base levels, I guess like I wake up in the morning, it's like 90, like high nineties for the most part. And then mm -hmm. like in general, when people wake up, you have a little bit of a, a glucose level spike. Um, yep. it's, a, it's like a natural thing. It happens to everybody. Like it's, it's not a bad thing by any means, but like, I've definitely noticed though that my, my glucose levels spike a lot more than yours do based off of our conversations and stuff. And so it's been really interesting to see like, granted, like eating fruit, it's not spiking to 200 by any means. And it's still right. like probably considered healthy, like what my levels are, but I think there's a lot of room for improvement. And that's been like my biggest takeaway from wearing the CGM is that like, I need to make sure specifically for my body. And like, like you're saying, everybody's different. Like apparently your body handles sugars and carbs better than mine. But like, if I'm going to be having sugars and carbs, I need to make sure I'm doing that around exercise. Otherwise mm -hmm. I'm going to have like fairly large spikes that I don't want to have. Cause then like when I just eat, like say like eggs and bacon or whatever for breakfast, I have like a zero spike at all, which right. is normal. <laughs> And I'd be willing to bet too, you know, it'd be interesting if you get yourself a CGM like a few years from now, but I'd bet that when you get closer to how long I've been doing this, you know, if you said you've been doing it for about two years or so, and I've been doing it for about six, you know, who knows what those levels will look like four years from now. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to test it again, like a long time from now, just to kind of see how, how things have changed. Cause it wasn't even like I, like before I started eating animal based that like my diet was terrible. Like I was still eating like like paleo or keto or whatever, but just like, right. I think all the years of eating junk growing up and then just kind of like slowly kind of morphing into an animal-based way of eating. 
um, just, it just takes time to adjust, I guess is all I'm saying. And, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But too, like when you were doing keto and paleo, if you did it like me, at least like, were you doing a lot of like the processed keto paleo snacks? Yeah. Because in my okay. head, I'm like, oh, these are all like healthy, which is <laughs> obviously not true, but like, <laughs> that's how they were marketed. And that's how I thought about it. Like, oh, if it's, if it's low carb, it's healthy, which is total nonsense, but living. Yeah. Life. And I mean, who knows like how much that's affecting it? Like, you know, I'd be willing to bet. So like a year ago, I was doing more like keto snacks and paleo snacks. And it was about last October when I like essentially eliminated those things outside of like during my long runs and like just in doing the whole Paul Saladino thing where it's meat, eggs, dairy, fruit, and honey. And so, you know, I wonder if I would have seen more significant spikes with my blood glucose when I was eating more processed keto and paleo snacks. Like, you know, you're never going to know since I didn't do it then, but um, I'd be willing to bet that it was a little bit higher back then. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting though, how like how everybody's so different where like right now we could be eating exactly the same thing and our levels are going to show different results. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important for people to, to, I don't know, experiment a bit with foods and ways of eating to find out what works for them and not just get stuck on like, oh, this guy's really good at marketing essentially. And he's able to like sell me on this product. So I'm going to follow him. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's a good base to start with, but then experiment for yourself and find out what actually works for you. Yeah, exactly. And then also the be willing th oh, to change ahead. over. And I guess also be willing to change over time as your body changes as well, because your metabolic health is going to change as you get older. It's just kind of a normal thing. Yeah. You know, like six years from now, or maybe even sooner, maybe later, like maybe fruit's going to start doing more to my blood sugar than it is now. And yeah, I might have to go down from six servings of fruit a day to three servings of fruit a day. Who knows? But I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, crap. What was I going to say? Oh, the other thing I wanted to say <laughs> uh, during this two week of eating, how we usually eat experiment. So for me, and we've talked about this in the podcast a couple of times, but the whole light issue of training your gut for races and for long run day, I have made it a point where at least once a week, I'm going to eat some kind of processed like keto slash paleo snack um, to help train my gut for running. And I've personally chosen those days. So sorry, I guess I've chosen two days to do that. Usually the day before my long run and the day of my long run. You know, for example, like last week, uh, Saturday, I went and ran 20 miles. Um, There's about 2,500 feet of climbing. It took just over three hours. The night before that, I had a whole bag of Siete chips. <laughs> and uh, I've talked about them a couple of times, but for those who have forgotten, Siete chips, they use cassava flour. They don't use gluten, wheat flour. Um, and then they also fry their chips in avocado oil instead of seed oils. And so for me, I think that's the perfect uh, processed snack if you're going to, you know, want to utilize some processed snacks for long runs. When I eat that, when I ate that bag of chips before my long run, and again, it was the whole bag. <clears throat> They're not big. It's not like a typical like Doritos bag or anything like that. They're a little bit smaller. Serving size is about five. But if you eat a whole bag, you get a hundred grams of carbs. And um, I ate that whole bag the night before my long run, tested my blood sugar levels. It spiked maybe 10. So just the same as fruit, just the same as a mango for me. And again, that clarified to me that if you're eating healthy, like 90% of the time, if you want to deviate that other 10%, like, and we'll, we'll talk about this with the standard American diet thing, but like, you know, I think that 
if you're willing to potentially deal with the side effects of like, you know, if you want to eat like a junk standard American meal, like one night, like that's fine. If you want to eat a bag of processed chips one night, that's fine. Like it, at least from what I've seen with my body, that's not going to jack up your uh, blood sugar. If you're only doing it once a week, I do think though, that choosing something like Siete chips, um, would be a better option than versus like a Doritos uh, for long-term health. But like in the moment, from what I'm seeing, those little de- like deviants from your typical diet, as long as you've been doing it for a while, is not going to negatively affect you in the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just kind of talk out loud here. And I know this is kind of like, I'm going to sound like a heretic, I guess. But I wonder if like, <laughs> just considering how like modern life is and how we don't always have access to say like you're drinking sparkling water right now or mineral water. We don't always have access to like the best foods and the best like waters and stuff that maybe it is better. Like as far as like survival and long-term to have kind of like a quote unquote, like cheat meal or junk meal, like like once a week or something like you're saying Um, to almost kind of like make, make sure your body is able to process those things. Cause imagine if you just ate, like it's like if you just ate carnivore for like 10 years strict and then you went and had like a giant salad your body's going to just freak out. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm not necessarily advocating like to eat junk food, but I wonder if like there is some sort of benefit to like, apart from running to having some sort of crap once a week or something, just so your body knows how to process it when that does come up. Like, like for example, like if I eat super clean for like an entire year, then go on a film shoot for a month and we just have kind of junk the entire time. Yeah. It, it sucks. Cause it's <clears> my, the first few days my body doesn't know what to do. And then it kind of like, adapt slightly but i wonder if i just ate like occasionally some junk food if that would be better for me long term as far as like my specific lifestyle goes yeah i think that's a good point i do think that like you know choosing better junk over you know again like a siete versus a doritos would be a better option obviously um but yeah i think that's a good a valid point and i also think too i don't want to sound like i'm a uh end of the world prep type guy. <laughs> um, I do believe though, in preparing for, uh, catastrophic events. And so, you know, food storage is a, a big topic The at least where I'm at. Yeah. I'm in an area where like, you know, it's a pretty religious area and food storage is a pretty heavily encouraged, uh, thing amongst the members of my religion. But I do think there's people outside of my religion that focus on food storage, Um, you know, 72 hour kits, they're very, very common to purchase, uh, to have in your house. And if you like, do you have a 72 hour kit, Derek? I don't have a specific kit, but I have like three to four days worth of food. Okay. I mean, guarantee if it comes to something like that, there's not going to be a lot of opportunity to like cook a steak, (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) food storage is just like ultra processed stuff. And like that stuff's just meant to like help you survive. And I can only imagine if I'm eating like carnivore for five years and then like some huge thing happens where we have no power, no access to cooking my meat. And I have to start eating like processed food that I haven't eaten for the past five years. I imagine it's going to be a very, very, very difficult time like not even to mention you're dealing with a catastrophic event you're also dealing with your stomach backfiring on you too <laughs> yeah it might uh, yeah <laughs> that's a very good point though um and i guess like man we're gonna deviate a ton we need to get back on topic but i was just thinking of like good food storage items is like keto bricks for example like they're oh yeah <laughs> they're just like super high calorie and fat and they're shelf stable but um we should do an episode about that another time yeah that'd be really fun interesting yeah 
<laughs> but even those just really quickly, even those are processed. Like yeah. if you're, if you're doing steak and eggs all the time, I can imagine even eating a keto brick might even upset your stomach a little bit. Be better than like some fettuccine Alfredo from, I don't know, Mountain <laughs> yeah. House or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but I'm sure it will hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry for the side tangent again. <laughs> no, well, no I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but not sorry at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was interesting though to see like, I don't know, like just eating generally, like, okay, I'm going to have like a high fat meal, high fat, high protein with zero carbs basically, and to not see mm -hmm. my blood glucose go up at all. It's like, okay, like one or two points at most. And then it's just kind of like, eh, whatever, just like throughout the days is very flat, which is really good and healthy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, fun experiment. Like it, they're kind of expensive. If you can afford it, I do think it's valuable. Um, somebody I do coach is, who's a diabetic. He, he says that he doesn't think blood glucose monitors really do anything for people that are healthy. And like, I, I guess I'd agree with that. Like if you're eating healthy, like, you know, you're probably safe, but if you can't afford it, 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 I do believe it is interesting just to like experiment with different foods and see how they affect you. You know, again, going back to the whole fruit example, like some people might not want their blood sugar to spike like into the one twenties from eating a mango. And if that's what it does for their body, then they can know to cut that out and focus more on like bananas or berries. Like, you know, there is a lot of valuable things you can figure out and fine tune your diet to better uh, help you. And I do want to throw out too, it can be helpful to like, see if your body doesn't respond at all to sugars, which is also, I think a negative thing, especially if you're an endurance runner or just an athlete, like your body wants to be able to process some glucose. And I think there would be some value in fi finding that out as well. And trying to figure out if you need to up your carbs potentially. Yeah, totally. Like, I guess that's the benefit of wearing one is like, you get to see specifically what your body needs and how it's working in the moment and yeah. adapt your diet off of that. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's really interesting. Um, <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about the standard American diet though. I oh, think that's where most of our conversation is going to come from. <laughs> yeah. Real quick though, I guess to kind of like segue into that. Um, so when I was in Silverton, um, it's obviously like a super, super small town. It's like where hard rock 100 is every year. Not a lot of people live there, especially in the winter. Um, so it's it pretty miserable there in the winter, honestly, especially this season with so much snow. But uh, when I was there, for the most part, we just ate at home. Like I was filming with Meredith Edwards. She's um, has a big project coming up. So we're filming for that. And um, for the most part, we just cooked at our house and it was great. Like she eats pretty healthy, avoids seed oils and that sort of thing. Um, but with the whole crew there, we decided to go out to eat. And it was specifically just to get some shots of her and her like her, um, her crew for her project. Mm -hmm. And so we went to this pizza place because it's like, well, it's a brewery. It's the only place open in town, basically. It's like zero degrees outside. And um, so we go there and like, it's fine. Like I ate beforehand. So I was like, I'm not going to be that hungry, but I ended up getting a gluten-free pizza. So I was like, okay, I want to see how this is going to affect my blood sugar because I'm like, okay, it's the best of the, in the situation, the food I can eat, right? It's a gluten-free pizza. I got meat on it. It wasn't just like a standard, like whatever dough they were using, and I was just kind of curious on like what would change. And I, I had some tea, like just like an herbal tea, whatever with it. And so like we were eating and like I checked my blood glucose before and it was around 100, which is typical. And then like I ate half the pizza. I maybe had a couple slices left. So I ate most of it. I don't know why I got so hungry. I was eating <laughs> Cause it. Because you ate junk. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why though. Like I just kept eating it and eating it. And I had nothing else besides that pizza. And I had, I think like pepperoni and bacon or something on it. 
and then like i started feeling like pretty buzzed which was like i was like this is kind of weird like i just feel really like stoked right now and then i checked my blood glucose and i was at 180 from wow. a gluten from a gluten-free pizza and so in my head at first i was like okay i'm making the best or the best um decision in the situation that i can and really it's still a really garbage decision because like it's still jacking up my blood glucose like crazy like i might as well eat donuts at that point yeah yeah i mean that's basically what the donut spiked you up to yeah as far as blood sugar levels like right well right right yeah but, yeah, I would say though, I'd be willing to bet though that you probably didn't feel the way you felt after eating something like uh, a non-gluten-free pizza. Oh, it definitely felt. I didn't feel like all like bloated and stuff. Yeah, it, which is a positive. So. Yeah, but like, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying the good, better, best thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like yeah, it might, they might both spike your blood sugars to the same level, but like if you're in that situation and you just need to eat, like. I'm going to choose the gluten-free one because I don't want to feel bloated. I, I Did you notice like if your joints were achy or anything like that? No, not really. But that said though, that was the right after my marathon. So I wasn't really running that week. Uh, um, okay. And even just being up there, I was just so busy. So I didn't really notice anything because I wasn't being super active. Got it. Yeah. Well, you know, I do think that still goes into the good, better, best. Like, you know, if you're going to have to choose one, choose the gluten-free one because at least... And we'll get into this with the whole standard American diet theme, but like, I think there's so many other negatives to choosing the non-gluten-free one, at least for my body. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah, but it was just but kind of like a reality check though. Like, oh, and I was talking to a friend about it in, in Utah and like, she's a runner and um, she has celiac actually, like she's diagnosed with celiac. And she mentioned, we just chatted briefly in a DM, but she was just saying that like a lot of um, people celiac end up becoming type two diabetic or pre-diabetic. Because like, oh, oh, I can eat all these things now because they're gluten-free, but just because they're gluten-free doesn't mean they're not spiking their blood sugar. So they're eating all this crap yeah. and that's jacking up their blood sugar. I just thought that was really interesting. That's an interesting point. I didn't even think of that. Like, yeah, yeah that could be a dangerous path to walk. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of hyper-focused on one thing. You're like, oh, well, it's, yeah. it, it's, there's no gluten, so it's good for me. But it's like, no, like that's not true. <laughs> kind of like vegan guess... snacks or keto snacks or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're going back to the thing you were just spitballing like five minutes ago about like, you know, maybe occasionally having some processed food to like make sure your stomach can process it, digest it. Like, you know, <clears throat> if you're going to choose to do something like that, then yeah, pick the gluten-free pizza over the normal one, because, you know, obviously it's going to help your body process that process this ugh, process that. <laughs> I don't know why I'm struggling to talk today. I always struggle to talk on this podcast, don't I? <laughs> yeah, and here we are at 8 o'clock in the morning versus 1.30, and you're still having issues. I'm still having issues. <laughs> it's because I was shoveling my driveway for two hours this morning. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Like, you know, if you're going to choose to, like, have that kind of cheat meal once a week or whatever, like, which I think is fine if you're willing to deal with the consequences, but, you know, focus on something that's, like, a little bit better than the worst, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. But, um. Yeah. Yeah, should we jump into the standard American diet stuff? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so let's see, where should we start? Let's start with like why we started. So we were planning on starting on a Monday. Um, Thursday, so the Thursday before we were going to start, I, I was going to run a 100-mile race. I ended up dropping just from like severe fatigue issues from sleeping. Um, and, you know, I we don't need to dive into this too much, but, um, I've been talking a lot on like my Instagram about like mental health and just like how that might be affecting my personal sleep. 
And so like on Friday, I was feeling a little bit bummed, a little bit down that I didn't finish my race. And I was just kind of like pissed off that it was just because I haven't been sleeping good. Like I felt super fit. I felt strong. Like I felt amazing at the race. I was just so fatigued from not sleeping. So Friday, I was kind of down. <clears throat> and one of the common things you hear about like junk food is that it's also called comfort food that, you know, people who are having a bad day will go eat a bowl of ice cream to lift their spirits up. And so since I was having a bad day on Friday, I just texted Derek and I was like, Hey dude, like I'm thinking of starting the, the standard American diet thing today. Derek was like, why? And I'm just like, well, I'm feeling kind of down and you know, I, I'd be, I'm interested to see if like eating some junk foods are going to boost my mood or not. And Derek was like, all right, well, I'm traveling right now. So it's going to work for me. I can just go eat out now. So let's just start today. <laughs> And so we started today. <clears throat> Maybe let's both share what our meals were that we started with. <laughs> I guess um, you kind of already did. <laughs> yeah, it was just pizza and garlic knots. That's yeah, how I big had. of a pizza was it? It was like a whatever their personal size was. It's like not oh, huge. It's like 12 inches, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't even know. Yeah. <clears throat> garlic knots. Did you get any like soda or anything with it? Um, well, I did for the next few days, but I didn't drink it. I had a, a monster, <laughs> I should say. But I did get some of those, like, you know, those Pillsbury orange rolls, like the cinnamon rolls, but they're orange flavored. A cinnamon roll that's orange flavored? Yeah, so it's not cinnamon inside. It's like a roll, like a croissant type thing, and it has like an orange and icing oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah. So I got some of those, <clears> and then I actually bought this, like, fake keto Pop-Tart thing, which was absolutely disgusting and it still makes me <laughs> nauseous like i'm not even joking like i get nauseous thinking about because i can still smell it in the toaster <laughs> oh dude like oh it's gross but that's what i had that, was uh, keto yeah um I'll, I'll, I'll look up the brand real quick but um yeah that's what i had that first night for dinner slash dessert oh so the keto pot tart was for dessert yeah oh, okay cool <laughs> yeah what about you <laughs> Um, so I ended up going to an old time favorite, which is Panda Express. That actually sounds um, better than what I had. <laughs> dude, I, I love Panda Express. Like, I love it. Uh, me and Sarah, my wife, we, we had four, three or four times a week, we'd get that. And it's so funny because we were college students, we were poor, but in our head, like, you know, Panda Express is fine four times a week. We could somehow <laughs> afford that. <laughs> and every plate's like 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 20 bucks a night for the two of us. <laughs> so <clears throat> I ended up getting the three meat plate, which is what I would always get back in the day. So I got like, it was like uh, orange chicken, sweet fire chicken, Beijing beef. I got chow mein. Um, and then I got these cream cheese rangoons, which that is just like, those are so good. <laughs> it's it's just like a deep fried ball of cream cheese, basically. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I got. And like, you know, I'll admit, like it did lift my spirits. Like I was happy eating that. And I think a lot of that, I think a lot of the happiness that comes from eating these foods comes from like memories. You know, me, I started thinking about just like dating Sarah. I started thinking about being married, like firstly being new, newlyweds, like, you know, being stressed out about college and providing for my new wife. Like as weird as that sounds like that was a fun memory to revisit. Like, and so a lot of like the happiness that I was feeling was triggered from just like all these memories that I started to have. And I do think that that's why a lot of people like these foods and why it's called comfort foods, because it reminds you of times when you were just very comfortable and happy. And I'm not saying I'm not happy right now, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I was extremely happy eating that meal. I'm not going to lie. 
um, I think I had a better experience in the moment than you had. <laughs> oh, you definitely did. And not to go tangent again, but there's an interesting Huberman lab episode where he talks about uh, food and like our association with it and like how we feel about a certain food or drink depends on how we consume it and where we consume it. And so like, if you had something that's not that good, but you eat it with people you care about in a place you enjoy, you're going to associate those feelings with that food. And therefore you're probably mm. going to like that food even more. And then vice versa as well. This is really interesting. I'll look it up and try to put it in the show notes if I can find it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I want to hear that one. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but, I can attest to that. Like Sarah was just like, Oh, you should eat like this more often. Like you're happy. You're not all grumpy and sad. Like you've been all day. <laughs> <laughs> like screw you, Sarah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. Sarah's super sweet and nice. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. But we definitely had different experiences though, because like I had that, I had my pizza and my garlic knots and I was just kind of like, eh, this is not that good. And how I did it is I um, I ordered my pizza based off the USDA guidelines, like as best as I could. And so the USDA basically recommends like zero saturated fat. Like they don't want you to be eating saturated fat. So I got lean chicken breast on my pizza, which mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever done before, but it's not that good. <laughs> like <it's> flash. <laughs> then like the garlic knots are a grain, the pizza crust is a grain. All this stuff was like healthy according to the USDA. And then... um. And I had like my, my keto pop tart. It's from legendary foods. Um, legendary foods. Dude. Oh man. If anybody sees these in the grocery store, do not buy them. Like I've joked about buying them before with some friends and I actually did. And I 10 out of 10 would not recommend this. It's disgusting. Protein, sweet roll, cinnamon. Yeah. It's that's what I had. It's a GNC. So, you know, it's healthy. Oh, totally. <laughs> Um, it was super gross though, but like I, I picked it up at the register, you know, they have like those things like at the checkout, like gum and like Tic Tacs and whatever mm -hmm. it was right there. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to get it because according to the government, it's healthy because it's 20 grams of protein. It has seed oils in it, which are healthy, apparently, according to the government, um, all these different things. So I'm like, you know what, it's technically healthy according to them anyways. And so I got that. And then, um, so I ate the pizza and the garlic knots and I didn't eat the whole pizza nor did I eat all the garlic knots. I just couldn't. And I immediately started like not feeling well. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just like placebo kind of, or just in my head, I knew that I ate something not good for me. So I'm just telling myself I don't feel good. But then yeah. I ate that pop tart thing. And then I had a, like an orange roll and like, I was like, okay, I don't feel that great. And I went to bed at a decent time and I woke up super early and I was just like, holy cow, I might die right now. Like, my stomach hurt so bad. I had to run to the bathroom. And then literally that entire day, like I was supposed to do a long run that day and I w didn't do my long run. And I just literally just laid in bed all day watching Instagram <laughs> reels, running to the bathroom and then back to bed. I had zero energy and I was just in the bathroom. Like, I'm not going to get any more details, but it was like, it was awful, dude. Like I couldn't do anything. I felt I I tried to eat some food and couldn't and I just wanted to die. Like it was miserable. I'm sorry. I'm laughing over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny now looking back, like, but it was the, it was awful day. It was a, it was a terrible day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll share my experience in a moment, but I was, you know, texting Derek, just like, Oh, my long run went awful. And Derek just replied, at least you're running. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you were just like, just go for a run. I was like, in my head, I'm just like, screw you, Mike. There's no way I can even, I can't even walk right now. Like I was going to walk outside. I'm like, I, I can't like, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about your week. Um, 
but maybe should I hear? Maybe maybe I'll hear and share. I'll finish off what I capped my night off with, okay. um, and then my long run experience, and then let's hear about your week. But uh, so yeah, so that was Friday night that I had the Panda Express. My dessert, um, my dessert. So I loved growing up Honey Bunch of Oats in college. Like that was my go-to. Um, honey Bunches of Oats with uh, cinnamon clusters, and so I, I picked that one on purpose too because you know according to just like marketing and USDA guidelines of like what's heart healthy and all that stuff. Like honey bunches of oats is a healthy cereal compelled to like compared to like fruity pebbles or cinnamon toast crunch or something like that. So I tried to pick a healthier cereal. I had that at night as my dessert. <clears throat> um, I went to bed. Like I, I wasn't feeling terrible. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I felt like a little bit off, but I didn't feel terrible. Um, Oh, and I will say too, my blood glucose, I did not spike. I guess we're talking about blood glucose. So we, we should mention if we can remember what our numbers were. Um, but, you know, after I had that Panda Express, my blood glucose went up to 130. Um, no, uh, no, sorry. It only went up to 120. But after the cereal, it went up to 130. Um, and I'm guessing it's a, just a combination of the two. And that's why the cereal went up higher than the Panda Express. But I mean, just by numbers, like that's really not that bad um, metabolically and blood glucose wise. So, you know, from that sense, if you're, if you're metabolically healthy, then, you know, having that occasionally is, is fine according to what I've seen. So uh, do you remember what your levels went up to though, after you had your pizza and garlic knots? Yeah. Once I had the pizza, the garlic knots, and then um, that disgusting pop tart thing, <laughs> And um, the orange roll, I I no joke was around two hundred. You went like, over two hundred, right? It was high. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like two hundred. Yeah, plus, I want to say that you texted me that it was like two ten or something like that after you had the pizza. <laughs> yeah, I think you have a better memory. I was probably just like brain fogged and dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it was wild at how high it went and how quickly it went up. That's crazy. I almost well. I was like, I almost want to eat a pizza now to see what happens to me and just to see if the pizza does it more than the Panda Express, but I don't want to deal with what I had to deal with for the past few days. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and so that's the other point I want to make. Like metabolically, if you want to eat Panda Express one night and you're metabolically healthy, you're probably fine, but you just got to be ready to deal with all the other stuff, which is what we're going to talk about right now. And there's a lot <laughs> of other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so back to what I was saying, I went to bed that night feeling decent. I woke up with the biggest headache I've ever had. Like my head hurt. Um, occasionally I wake up with a slight headache and that's just because like, you know, most of us wake up dehydrated. Usually I just have a glass of water and electrolytes and the headache goes away. Um, this though, like the headache stayed it stayed with me during my run. Like I had a headache for most of that day. Um, I went out, <laughs> I I woke up and I'm not gonna, I don't need to um, gloss over this. Like I had diarrhea. I woke up with diarrhea and I'm sure that's a lot of what your bathroom experience was like too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I woke up with diarrhea. <clears throat> I never take toilet paper with me on my long runs just because I'm I, we're all adults. We can talk about poop. <laughs> like I, I'm very regular. Like I wake up in the morning, I go poop and then I don't have to go again until I go to bed at night. Like that's my system. That's my schedule. Um, this though, like I had no schedule after this experience. 
<laughs> and so, you know, I packed toilet paper with me for my long run, which is something I never have to do. Um, I, I will say for breakfast that morning, I had a donut. Uh, and for me, that was my go-to before all my long runs back before I ate this way, an animal-based diet. So I wasn't just trying to eat as crappy as I could. Like a donut was my breakfast before my long run back in the day. So I wanted to mimic that. I wanted to see how I felt after having a donut. And I can easily say that that was at least as far as I can remember the worst run of my life. Like it was awful. <laughs> I ran a route that I've ran multiple times this winter, just because I have to deal with snow right now. So like I run a lot of the same routes right now. Um, I ran that route. It was a minute and a half to two minutes slower per mile than I normally do. I had no energy. My head hurt. I had brain fog. My joints were achy. I just felt so terrible on that run. I was hoping to do 16 to 18 miles. I stopped at 13, <laughs> which I mean, you know, 13 is still a good run, but well, that wasn't a good run, <laughs> but you know, it was terrible. I felt awful, dude. Like I can't even describe how awful I felt. <laughs> oh man. I, I can imagine, but I, that sucks. <laughs> this is so miserable. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have a takeaway from that specifically. Um, you want to jump into that real quick? Yeah. Um, I guess like when we were doing this and like eating obviously normal, but then eating like standard American diet, it really like reiterated the fact in my head that like I eat this way because one, I don't want to feel like death every day. And like, yeah, health is important, whatever. But like, and I don't know about you, but like I have a lot of goals in my life. And if how I'm eating is affecting my ability to achieve those goals, to me, it's not worth it to eat that way. So like, no. I think for a lot of people, it's something like alcohol or drugs or something where like if alcohol is getting in your way of like, of running a successful business or being an athlete, it's like, stop drinking that. And it's the same way with food for me where like, for example, it's just like a little thing. Like I couldn't do my long run that week because I just felt like such trash that I couldn't even get out of bed. And that, that affects my goals and it's going to affect my, my half marathons I have coming up. And yeah, I did that to myself as an experiment. I'm glad we did it. But in general, imagine doing that where like, say once or twice a month, you can't go out and do what you want to do simply because of poor diet. And like, yeah. to me is a real <clears throat> kick in the face of like, oh yeah, like don't eat garbage so you can actually be successful in life. And it was really interesting, I guess, to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if for some weird reason, that was the fastest run of my life but I still felt the way that I did. Like, I'm not going to eat that way. Like I, I like running is a big part of my life, but like, if it takes me up to like the next edge and helps me run faster, like it's not worth it to me. Like if, if I'm going to have to deal with the achy joints, the headache, the brain fog, like all that was pretty terrible, but like our body directly, you know, how we feel correlates to how we perform. So like, you know, I strongly believe it's because of the achy joints and the fatigue and the brain fog that I did have that terrible of a run. And granted, I'm sure Derek, like if me and you ate, like this is a big extreme. We went from like eating super clean whole foods, like not a lot of carbs, no processed junk to like Panda Express, pizza, pop tarts, uh, cereal. So like that was definitely a huge, like 180 that we just did. And so I'd be willing to bet it wouldn't be as bad if we like, you know, had a little bit more processed foods in our diet. But again, like, what's the point? Like you and I both feel good, like without that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And all those people that were saying, it's like, well, obviously you're going to feel like crap. It's like, well, yeah, true. 
Well, and we're not arguing that necessarily. Like, right. It's like if you when you go carnivore, for example, like or keto, you feel like death for a while. It's just it happens when your body's like going through changes, I guess. Yeah, and when I went carnivore once, I had diarrhea for a few days. Like yeah. drastic shifts with your diet's going to mess your gut up, like no matter what you do. So I'm yeah. not going to argue with that either. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, what's what's the point? Like, we feel good eating the way that we do right now. So why would we even want to try to like? like in my opinion downgrade a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly i don't see the point <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so you know for me i'll finish off like you know how things worked out for me and then i want to hear um i want you to share about your week but this long run was on a saturday and so when i finished that that long run like when i when i got done i was just like i told sarah i was just like i was planning on having i bought crab salad and uh some bagels i was not bagels um what are they called? English muffins. I was planning on like toasting some English muffins and then having like a pile of crab salad, um, some Doritos and uh, a sandwich. I was going to have, oh yeah, I was going to put some um, peanut butter and stuff on that, that English muffin that I had. That's what I was going to have after my long run. But when I finished, I just like looked at Sarah and I was like, I need to have eggs and liver right now. Like I need to like eat something clean and healthy. I felt awful. And so I ate that, I texted Derek and I was just like, dude, I don't know if I can do this for seven weeks or seven days. <laughs> um, and Derek was just, I think he asked me why. And I was just like, you know, I described to him how my run went. That's when he replied, at least you ran. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like, you know, two or three hours after that, when I was getting ready to make my dinner um, that, oh, that night, this is the funny thing. <clears throat> I texted my dad, my mom was gone at the time. Um, I texted my dad the night before and I was just like, Hey, I started this standard American diet thing early. I know mom's gone. Me and Sarah and the kids are going to go out to eat tomorrow night. Do you want to join us? And he's like, sure. Where? And, um, I was going to pick, it was either this Mexican restaurant that I used to go to all the time. Um, or it was a pizza place. And, um, <laughs> So he was getting ready to come in and I texted him a couple hours before and I was just like, let's just, let's just go to Texas Roadhouse. And he was just like, why? And I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, but we'll go to Texas Roadhouse. And if I decide that I can do it, then I'll get like an onion blossom. I'll get some French fries. Like I'll just can do it there. And so we got to Texas Roadhouse and it took me a while to order my meal. <laughs> I was just sitting there looking over the menu and I was just like, do I want to continue this experiment or do I not want to continue this experiment? And I just sat there like looking between a steak or chicken fingers, steak or chicken fingers. And so finally the waitress was just like, what do you want? I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take a steak. I'll take your sirloin, please. Like, I don't want it cooked in seed oil. So if you could just either cook it in butter or just not cook it in any kind of seed oil, that would be great. And the waitress just like got this huge smile on her face. And she was just like, you're the first person I've ever met that asked me not to cook your steak in seed oils. That's how I like my steak too. This is awesome. And when she just like walked away, I texted you, Derek. I, I told Derek how that happened. I was just like, that was my confirmation that I made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. I remember you were pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just even just well, getting like real food in general. Cause you're like, this is like, this is the determining factor. Like this will determine if I like continue eating like crap or eat my normal diet. And then you order the steak and I'm like, well, I guess the experiment's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because like that, that waitress's opinion shouldn't have mattered too much to me, but um, this is another funny thing. I texted Derek after I went grocery shopping 
um, for this experiment, <laughs> I texted Derek and I was just like, I feel so ashamed at what's in my shopping cart right now. Like, I feel like all the people in the stores judging me. I feel like they're looking at my cart and be like, oh, he's so disgusting and so unhealthy. Like, not that I think that about other people, but like, I felt like people were judging me because of what was in my shopping cart. It was wild. <laughs> oh man, I felt the same way. And, <laughs> and it was partly because, like, so I was at my, like I was saying, I was at my parents' house because um, we have family stuff going on. So like, I'm at this small town grocery store, probably the one person in town that like relatively eats healthy. <laughs> And, and I think people know me for that. And so I was very self-aware going to the grocery store. And I'm like, okay, here I am in the chip aisle. I got some chips and I got some guac. And then I got a monster. And then I got this stuff. And it's like, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like people are probably, I got like, I felt really dumb buying like low-fat yogurt. And like, <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? This is so gross. And I knew, I, I just, in my head, I'm like, everybody's judging me. But then it's like, Nobody cares because that's what they normally eat. So they don't even think yeah. twice about it. So you're just another guy walking down the like down the grocery store aisle with a box of Captain Crunch in your cart. Like nobody yeah. thinks twice about it. But yeah, in our heads it's, though. It's funny how we both felt that way. <laughs> yeah. But I this is just kind of funny. Like I was looking at the produce section and there's like this giant wall of like produce. It's all like displayed and like in patterns or whatever. And I was texting a friend of mine, I'm like, what do you how like how do you pick vegetables like i don't even know like how do you make a salad i'm like none of this looks good like i sat there forever i'm like none of this looks good i don't want to like eat a bunch of broccoli and cauliflower and i was just trying to figure it out and i was just like i think i ended up buying like an avocado and I, which isn't even a vegetable but i just didn't know what to buy i was like so confused i walked right by the vegetable aisle <laughs> i was Lucky. like Sar sarah was with me and i was just like my whole thing with this is I want to eat how we used to eat. And I, to my knowledge, we didn't buy vegetables, right? And she's like, oh, I think we occasionally bought corn. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I don't care for corn. I'll just go get something else. I'll get some corn chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But to real quickly wrap up how my experiment went. So this was on Saturday. You know, it only lasted Friday night, Saturday morning, because I ate clean Saturday for lunch, Saturday for dinner. Um, Sunday, I fasted all day. Monday and Tuesday, my runs were essentially the same as they did on Saturday. My joints hurt. I had a headache. I was like falling asleep. I had no energy. My average time was significantly slower than what it usually is. Um, I still had diarrhea going into Monday and Tuesday. Um, the other thing that I do want to talk about though, is just from those two meals, I gained 10 pounds. Um, I'm usually one I'm usually 172 and I, I went up to 182 from doing this. And I do want to say that those 10 pounds, you notice those 10 pounds when you're running. <laughs> like I felt so heavy. I felt so jiggly in my stomach. Like I had, again, it was mostly water weight. Like I'm sure it was all water weight actually. You know, I'm back, to, I'm finally back to where I am uh, before that experiment, but it took me a full week to lose that 10 pounds that I gained which took significantly longer than I thought it would take. I thought it would take like two or three days, but it took a full week, which kind of blew my mind, if I'm being honest. That is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how mine went. And again, I just want to reiterate, like, you know, if I decided that Panda Express, like the memories that came with that was like, you know, enough for me to justify eating that once a week, 
you know, I'd be interested to see what happens over time with my uh, blood glucose. But, you know, from what I've seen from this like really short experiment is it has little to no effect on my blood sugar since I've been doing this for so long. And so I'm probably going to be fine as long as I'm willing to deal with those achy joints, the headache, the brain fog, and then, you know, the 10 pounds that I gained from doing it. You know, if I'm willing to deal with all that, then yeah, sure. It's going to be totally fine to do once a week. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, everything in life, like what are they, what's the saying? It's like, I don't even know. I can't. Everything oh. comes with a cost. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Or like there's no, there's no, um, there's no solutions, only trade-offs. Oh, yeah. That's essentially, it kind of applies here in, in some way, but it, it makes sense though. Yep. <laughs> yeah, everything does come with a cost though. It's like, yeah, it tastes it really good, but it's going to have these negative implications. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, just to like, you know, not be so one-sided, people could think that about how we eat. Like, yeah, sure. You might be healthy, but you know, you're not going to trigger some of those nice memories from, you know, certain foods. So, which is fine. Like, again, if, if that's important to you, then lean into that. I, I think, um, you know, we've, we've said this multiple times. I think Jessalyn said it last, um, when we had her on, but like if doing that once a week is going to help you stick to an animal based diet the other six days of the week, then, you know, I think that's totally fine. Yeah, totally. And I think everybody's different. Like some people have to go like hundred percent hard in and like yeah. have any cheats, anything. And then other people like need that little bit. And I don't know, everybody's different and do you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but let's hear about how your week went. <laughs> Ooh. So I'm going to like caveat this, like, I think it was a combination of eating crap and then also maybe some food poisoning or something in there because uh, there's no way I should have felt that terrible from just eating like one pizza. <laughs> um, and I guess maybe that Pop-Tart thing. I don't know. But like basically what I did is like I, I told you guys what I ate already. But then like I woke up the next day. I'm like, holy cow, I feel terrible. And like literally it's just like like it was just diarrhea all day, like in and out of the bathroom. And just and it was miserable. Like. I, my stomach hurt, like it like legitimately just hurt. I had zero energy, um, but I still, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this like as best I can. So like I tried to have some oatmeal because oatmeal <laughs> is one of these things that's like heart healthy, whatever. Um, even though it's supposed to like spike your blood sugar. And I was interested in the blood sugar spike from it. And so I had like half a bowl of oatmeal, just totally plain with blueberries because like according to USDA, like you're not supposed to add sugar and stuff or only I think 10% of your calories should be from added sugar if i remember right. right um so i didn't add any like normally i'd add brown sugar or something to oatmeal but i didn't add anything to it besides the blueberries and yeah i only ate like a few bites but there was definitely like a little bit of a blood sugar spike um but not nothing like eating that pizza but i wonder if i ate the entire bowl if it would spike super high because it's like, so you didn't eat the whole bowl no there's no way i could like it hurts so bad to eat and plus it's just gross like oatmeal is just... <laughs> Unless you mix it with a bunch of stuff, it's not very tasty by any means. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like crap that entire day. And I in my head, I'm like, okay, this will go away. Like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to wake up on Sunday and just feel fine. And I woke up Sunday and I ended up waking up at like 4 a.m. having to like run to the bathroom. I was like, holy cow. And <laughs> holy I just cow, kind dude. of laid in bed and I was like, this is insane. I still felt awful. And I had a family thing that morning at nine with my parents. And I was just like, I, I can't go. Like. I can't even get out of bed and they're like, okay, it's fine, whatever. And then, uh, so I didn't eat anything that entire day, just drank water. So I was fasting, I guess. And like, nothing sounded good. Not even like Redmond's relight, just like nothing sounded good at all. So I just drank some water, like 
that day fasted essentially. Then I had to drive or start my drive to Silverton because I had to be in Silverton Monday afternoon for a shoot again. Uh -huh. So I drove, I think I, oh, I went to Page that night. So it was like a four-ish hour drive. And then I did the rest of the drive the next day and I couldn't eat or drink anything basically. Like nothing sounded good. I had some water for breakfast. And then I had, what did I have? Um, I had like a quarter cup of coffee and I just was like, this tastes disgusting. Like everything tasted gross as well. And so I was like, okay, whatever, I'm just going to drive. And I got to Durango and I got a kombucha at Natural Grocers. And I got a couple of things like grocery wise, because I was going to be in Silverton for a few days. And like, sometimes you can get snowed in and stuck. So I got a few things. And when I was there, I had like the two days I was there, I literally had two eggs and some sausage. And I just felt like crap. Like I was like, I can't eat anymore. Like it was hard to get out and do stuff. Granted, I'm at 9,300 feet or whatever. Right. But like stomach wise, this felt awful. Like in the same thing, like run to the bathroom, whatever, the entire time. And then I left and I also still felt bad. And this is like Wednesday at this point. I'm like, holy cow, like how is this going on so long? I hadn't ran that entire week because I just couldn't function basically. Like even walking around town, I just felt really exhausted. And that was probably because I wasn't eating at all for three days, essentially. And yeah. <laughs> pooping my brains out, whatever. So I was definitely dehydrated and just like not eating anything. And then Thursday, it kind of started to feel like mediocre and I ate some food. It was like a slow process to like eating food again. And then actually just, I think it was Sunday, Buffalo Wild Wings sounded good. And so I got some of their... um because they fry them in tallow, their wings, and I got some like dry yep. rub seasoning, and that was the first thing I ate in over a week that actually tasted good. So I ate like <laughs> buffalo wings, <laughs> and they were super good. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I'm actually feeling okay again. And so I went for like my first real run, I guess yesterday, and it was it was just freaking ridiculous, dude. Like I was just so over it. I'm like in my head, I was literally just like, "I'm gonna feel like this the rest of my life." Like. <laughs> I'm never going to feel good again. Nothing's ever going to taste good because nothing tasted good. Mm -hmm. Like I had some fruit tasted like crap. I had honey tasted like crap. I had meat it tasted like crap. Like nothing sounded good and nothing tasted good to me. So, yeah, I think that's something that we should talk about in a second. Actually, we talked about that me and you through text, but um, I, I was also gonna, like, cause food, po I was going to quickly ask food poisoning doesn't last that long. Right. I don't know. Like I was doing research on it because a lot of time just to like lay in bed and people were just like, oh, yeah, in a couple of days you feel better. And if you don't feel better after three days, go to a doctor. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go to the doctor, but I was just super busy. So I didn't go. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost wonder if there's some kind of virus that you were body was trying to fight and just like the act of eating that, like, cause like, you know, it's not uncommon to, for it's not uncommon that if you are not eating healthy, that you're going to be more sick than other people. And so I just wonder if you were getting sick or just like trying to fight a sickness and eating that your body was just like, what the heck? And just kind of like gave up and just like the virus took over, like who knows, but like, I almost wonder if you had some kind of virus. Yeah, it could have been. Cause I, like I said before, like, I don't feel like eating USDA guidelines is, is correct or right by any means, but I also don't feel like eating one pizza is going to make me feel like crap for nine days or whatever. It right. Was. So I think there were definitely like multi or multiple factors going into how I felt, but you're probably right though. And I was backtracking, trying to figure out what it was. And I'm like, I didn't do anything that crazy. I didn't have anything weird. Like 
that week before or anything. So maybe it was just some like kind of fluke virus thing. Then now I associate it with that. Or maybe it was just that nasty Pop-Tart that I ate. Like, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the ingredients on that. And there's a couple things in there. I was just like, I have never heard of this before. But... Dude, and it's like 40 ingredients long. It's insane. Oh, I must have looked at a different one. Mine was a little bit shorter. <laughs> oh, it's it's super bad. And I, I've been on their Instagram page before and everyone's like, thank you for making these healthy Pop-Tarts. And I'm like, mm. oh, people, please <clears throat> no. And like, this company no. is trash. Don't support them. <laughs> Jeez, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Really quick though, um, I think you brought up a very interesting point about how you you specifically said like nothing was tasting good. You'd eat a bowl of fruit, didn't taste good. And that's kind of what I want to focus on here real quick, because I made the comment to you, Derek, that, um, the morning that I had my donut, I had a glass of raw milk and the raw milk did not taste good to me. Um, there's just something about it. Like I didn't enjoy it as much. It fell off. It tasted off. Like I didn't feel as on as when I normally drink raw milk. And I texted you that. And the other thing I noticed too, is like, the night I had Panda Express um, and the bowl of cereal, I wanted to have some fruit with my cereal. But for some reason, like I ended up not wanting the fruit. It didn't sound good. Like it didn't seem like it was, it just didn't sound good to me for some reason. And so I do think there's something interesting there that if you're eating these ultra processed foods, one healthy foods for some reason, and maybe you have more insight into this than I do, but for some reason, healthy foods don't taste as good. They don't taste as healthy. They didn't make me feel as healthy. And then I just didn't want it as much. So there's something that's happening, at least with my body, that's preventing me from wanting to eat those things. Yeah. I think the, the brain gut connection is super powerful. And, um, I don't have any like studies to reference about this, but I just know that like, that like, as you eat more of these like hyper palatable, like addictive foods, your body's going to start craving those. So like, you know, like initially, like six years ago, whenever you like went keto and you cut out those things, how it's really, really hard. Like you're going through withdrawal essentially. Yeah. That's probably essentially what's happening again, like to a lesser extent. It's like your body's like, oh, like I'm going to prioritize these things over that because they, they taste better, but it's like, yeah, they're heavily modified to like trick your brain into thinking they're better for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. It's like, cause I usually crave raw milk and fruit. Um, and I was not craving those things. Like, and you know, like I wasn't even craving the raw milk when I drank it. I just wanted to drink it just because, you know, donut and milk that goes together. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it just tasted so nasty. So I do think like, you know, the standard American diet, it's one of those things that's really, really hard to get yourself out of because of those just like, ingredients in there that just make them super addicting and just make you want those versus stuff that's actually healthy it's crazy yeah and like the body's is super interesting i guess too like how that happens because it's like like it's weird because like you could know that like okay blueberries and honey and some cream is way better for me than whatever a boston cream pie mm -hmm. but once you start eating that boston cream pie it's like you just can't stop and but then that, it's just so mind blowing to me that like we live in a world like that where where we can know what's right, but we do the opposite sometimes or most <laughs> of the time. And I do the same thing too. I'm not like singling anybody out here because right it happens to everybody. And this is it's crazy. But I think food manufacturers take advantage of that, and they just make us addicted to all this junk food.
Yeah. And it makes me wonder too, and I hope this doesn't sound insensitive, but like, you know, we, you and I have talked a few times about these nutritionists that these extreme nutritionists that we follow. I, I want to use the word extreme because I do think there's a lot of nutritionists out there who don't necessarily agree with me and you, Derek, in terms of like the, the benefits of an animal-based diet, but they're also all out there not promoting junk, like some of these other nutritionists that you and I follow. So like, I wonder if these extreme nutritionists that are talking about the benefits of Oreos and Pop-Tarts, like, I just wonder if like, they're just unknowingly addicted to these. I'm sure they are. They're just unknowingly addicted to these foods. And like, you know, have like, I doubt they're following me and you, but like, you know, say they are, and they see me posting about how I have a big bowl of fruit to fuel my long run versus a Pop-Tart or cookie. I wonder if it's just a matter of just like, to them that just doesn't look good because they're so addicted to these other foods. And like the pop tart is what their body's craving because there's, they're just addicted. <laughs> no, totally. And and you can justify that too. It's like, it's like alcoholics, like there's people that drink all the time. It's like, like, I'm not an addict to it. It's like, well, stop drinking it. And then tell me you're not an addict. I don't want to. <laughs> exactly. I could do it if I wanted to. Well, then don't do it. Like, let's see. And I think it's the same yeah. thing with Pop-Tarts and like just hyper-processed foods. It's like, oh, I'm not a sugar addict. And you take sugar away for two days and these people are losing their minds or, or coffee is like a, a way more like, um, it's a more relatable example, I think, to like most people. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh yeah, like I, I don't need caffeine. I function just fine without it. And then you take away, they, they just don't have it for one morning and they're a total mess. They can't function. It's like, if yeah. you can't have a substance for more than like, if you don't have it for 12 hours and you can't function, like you're an addict to that. Like, let's be real, whether it's yeah. sugar, it's Doritos or whatever, like you're an addict, but, but I guess your, your point makes sense though. It's like, they're just not, their body doesn't crave those foods because they're not eating them regularly. They're used to yeah. eating junk food. And so their body just conflates that with food and proper nutrition. Then you can justify it in your head because you can justify anything in your head. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's a good segue into, just like you and I talked a lot about this, Derek, but like when you are not eating healthy, you don't, you don't know what you're missing. And I think that's another big takeaway that me and Derek had. It's like, you know, this whole Panda Express and donut thing that I was, that I did, like, that's how I used to always eat. And granted, I'm, I, I doubt I felt as terrible I did as I did um, when I most recently did this, but like, I definitely, when I was eating this way, did not feel as good as I feel today. And I think that's a, an important thing to realize or recognize is that if you're eating the standard American diet, which, you know, as we said at the start is 58% of your total calories are processed foods and 30 to 40% of your carbs are foods with added sugar. Like if that's what your standard is, then I, I hope this doesn't sound sensitive, but you're basically, you're setting your standard very low. Like you don't know what you're missing. You don't know how good you can feel. And like, you and I have said this a couple of times in this episode today, like if, if, uh, if these foods did indeed help us run faster than a bowl of fruit. Um, but we felt like we felt <laughs> from just doing this, like we felt as terrible as we did, then it's just, it's not worth it to me. And it sounds like it's not worth it to you either. So just like try that if you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't tried this diet or, you know, if you are listening to it and you have a hard time sticking to it, just like, really try to focus on how good you can feel if you just stick with it for a little bit of time, because you can get to a point where these foods are just not desirable anymore because of all the negative consequences that comes with it. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it kind of goes back to what I was mentioning earlier, where like, if you eat a food in a positive environment, you're going to conflate that food with a positive environment. And it's kind of the same thing. Like if you eat like a healthy diet and you feel good and you perform well, like you're going to, you're going to conflate those things together as well. Like health food makes me feel good, which means I can accomplish whatever I'm trying to accomplish. And so it's just a, it's a positive feedback loop, I guess, to, to eat healthy and perform well and just, just be in a good mental headspace too. Yeah. And I really hope we get to the place where, um, you know, nutritionists and dietitians get to a point where they can like comfortably be okay recommending this approach to people. Like, I can't tell you how many people when I posted, like, you know, I added to the story, my story, like the Panda Express, I took a picture of it. Like I added that stuff to my story. I had so many people message me and it actually was really cool to see how many people messaged me and be just like, don't do it, dude. It's not worth it. Like, that's cool that you want to like do this experiment, but like, it's not worth jeopardizing your health. It's not worth jeopardizing, like how good you feel and how strong of a runner you are. Like, it was really cool to see. Cause like, I, I get so much flack from other people for like how I eat. Like I, I rarely get like, I don't want to say compliments, but I just rarely get people saying, encouraging me to eat the way that I do basically. And so seeing all these people reach out was really cool, but it also made me realize and think like, and kind of get annoyed even more with like how against this approach nutritionists and dietitians are um, like your, your profession is to help people feel good and to feel healthy and to feel strong. And from what I've seen, like if a new, if somebody comes to a nutritionist and they're just like, I feel good eating animal based from what I've seen, that nutritionist is going to be like, well, it's not healthy for you. So we need to figure out a way, like we need to find something else that's going to make you feel good. And like, I think that that's totally like hypocritical. It's not having the best interest of that person in mind. Like your job is to help them feel good. And if they come to you saying that they feel good eating an animal-based diet, then you just need to shove your bias aside and be okay with that. Just like you're okay if somebody's vegan, just like you're okay with somebody eating Pop-Tarts and Oreos, why can't you be okay with somebody eating an animal-based diet if it makes them feel good, if it makes them feel healthy, and if it makes them thrive? If we can get to a point where nutritionists are okay recommending that for those people, then I would be so happy. <laughs> yeah, but meat will give you diabetes though, so it's bad for you. <laughs> no, um, right, never uh, mind that your blood sugar is not spiking when you eat meat. Like, who knows what's going on in your body? It eventually will spike. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, it makes no sense. Yeah, um, I think like kind of bouncing or touching off of that, um, something that I thought was really interesting was like I had a lot of empathy, or I became a little more empathetic to people that um, just feel bad sometimes or most of the time like it's hard to like start exercising again or to start e eating healthy mm, yeah because like after being sick for so long like going back to the gym was a struggle like I went and I basically did I went like out of like habit I guess like after a week and it was really hard to do anything and just even feel motivated and partly because I hadn't really eaten much in the past week but I was just like okay like I'm here this is hard everyone's so jacked and pumped right now and here I am just trying to like get through a workout. And then like my next, when I went out and ran too, it was kind of like, I'll have to go run five miles. Like that just sounded so far. Like, and so it made me like, like I was saying, like very empathetic to people, like 
starting to eat healthy or like taking that leap from eating standard American diet and not exercising to wanting to exercise and eat healthy. Like that's a big leap. And I think like that first step is the hardest part. And once you kind of get through that barrier, it becomes normal and habitual again. But like just deciding, like say you just like you've lived 40 years of your life eating junk, not exercising, you're overweight. And then having to take that first step of like, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to go for a, a 30 minute run walk. I'm going to eat a real breakfast today. Like those steps are hard, but I think once you get into the habit and the motion, it becomes a lot easier. And now that I've been like running for a few days again, going to the gym, like it's easier. And like going out, like after this out for a run just feels normal and and nice. I'm looking forward to it. But like, I, I guess all I'm getting at is like, like props to these people that are trying to make changes in their life. Cause it's really freaking hard to like kind of deviate from the norm, take your health into your own hands and and make something happen. Like good for you guys. And like, it's freaking hard to do it, but the benefits are there and they're going to pay off. And that was a really huge realization that I had. And I think sometimes like we get stuck in our bubble or maybe it's just my bubble where I'm like, all my friends run or ride or do something. They all eat pretty healthy and so I don't really think of these people that are starting out from like basically zero or like like that low bar like you're talking about of like the standard American diet and standard like exercise for Americans. Yeah, do you know who Drew Manning is? Uh, that name sounds familiar, but I don't know. Fit to fat to fit? No idea. Well, you know, so I'm sure you'll recognize this story, but <clears throat> he's a personal trainer. He's done it twice now, but he's keto and he ate a standard American diet for like four to six months once. Mm -hmm. And he stopped working out. Um, he gained, it was close to 70 pounds cool. in those four to six months. And again, he's done this twice, but the first time he did it, I think both times he did it actually just because he's a personal trainer and he wanted to know how his clients were feeling. That was the motivation. The first time that he did it. Um, Cause you know, he, basically everything you're just saying, he was just like, why won't my clients like stick to this plan? Why won't they stick to this meal plan? Why won't they stick to the workout plan? And so he decided just to like live the life that a lot of them were living. And then he wanted to like, see how it actually felt to like, get back into working out, get back into eating healthy. And he talks a lot about like, about that empathy that he developed for his clients. Like, because like he, he shredded, look him up. He's ripped. Um, but like during these two experiments, he got a big belly. He looked totally different. And um, yeah, he just talks a lot about like how hard it was for him to get back into working out, how hard it was for him to get back into eating clean. Um, so yeah, it helped him develop a lot more empathy for his clients. So yeah, that's just, um, you know, another example is to like, somebody that you know realized the same thing that you just realized <laughs> yeah it, it's really interesting i guess to like i don't know our our bodies are so adaptive we just like our our normal becomes like the new normal and or whatever a new normal becomes this normal and standard for you and then you step yeah. away from that and you're like oh wow like this is not normal maybe <laughs> <laughs> and it also makes at least it makes me kind of mad at like the fda because it's like they're recommending I mean, they're not recommending Panda Express, obviously, but like, you know, they're. Well, let's take a step back. Look at Panda Express, according to the USDA guidelines. It's cooked in probably canola oil, right? Or some soybean oil. Which is better than butter. <laughs> according to the USDA. That's right, right, right. That. 
right it, it has a grain on it and they say to have like half your grains whole grains and half can be processed and that's okay so that's okay. a, a processed grain right the flour right you the Bayesian beef that has saturated fat in it because it's beef yeah yeah okay well like say it's orange chicken or something so okay, orange yeah. chicken is going to be a lean chicken probably and then you're going to have rice with that which is approved by the usda so like well, what... i had chow mein but yeah i, I see what well, you're saying though. even then chow mein though is just a, a refined refined grain right right they're just uh they're wheat noodles there's right. some sort of like vegetable in there so it's kind yeah, of celery meeting... yeah it's meeting a lot of the basis for what the usda recommends so if you were going to look at strictly off their guidance you could go eat panda express and that's fine that's a good point i guess the sugar like it is like a sugary sauce yeah, so you are getting calories from the sugary sauce, but they recommend or they say that like ten percent of your calories can be from that. So, two to three hundred calories per day of added sugar is fine for most people. Right. So is Panda right. Express healthy according to the USDA? Like, maybe it's not not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like a junk food according to like their standards. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a point. Um, yeah, I guess that's a point. So yeah, I guess I can be mad at the FDA even more. <laughs> like, cause it's like, they're just, they're keeping like, that's the thing I, I think I told you that Derek, like that's the thing that I've been realizing lately. Like, and not that I've ever blamed people for eating healthy, but like I realize even more so that it's not, I mean, we all have a choice. So like everything we do is our fault, I guess. <laughs> but like, they're being very heavily deceived into eating this way. Um, like, I think- if I was trying to like lose weight or get healthy and I came across these guidelines that you were talking about and I started eating this way, like, like, again, it's just, so earlier in this podcast, I said about how, like, you know, if you're eating that way and not willing to try a, like a higher way of eating, you're setting your standard kind of low. Like I should rephrase that and say the FDA is setting the standard very low. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that trust the FDA. And so they're going to keep following that standard and just not, unfortunately figure out how much better it can be yeah and what's interesting too like is the rda values are just enough to live like survive it's not enough to survive so like their amount of vitamin d they tell you to get or vitamin a or whatever those are levels just to live right like, you're not gonna function healthy like eating what they're recommending like their low amount of protein the super high carb diet like vegetable oil seed oils and stuff like yeah, you can survive on that junk, but you're not going to live a healthy life. And so really all their like guidelines are is just like how to live, but you can live off coffee and cigarettes basically your entire life. And it's like, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like it's a very, very, very poor diet, but you can do well, it. And they're just very misleading too. Like, um, I saw an Instagram post today from like the, uh, that nutrition with Tom and Laura, Lauren. And I saw you liked it too, where they're talking about raw milk. Yeah. Like the way the FDA words their guidelines is super deceitful because they talked about like soda and raw milk in this post that I'm referencing. Mm -hmm. And if you Google, like, I can't remember how they Googled, like is soda healthy or something like that. And then is raw milk healthy. And they had a side-by-side -side comparison of what the FDA says for the soda. It just says like, the FDA assures you that there's like no conclusive evidence that soda is bad for you or something like that. And then like when it's raw milk, it's like no matter how carefully treated the, the cows are and how clean the farm is, like, you know, 
you're still running a very big risk of getting sick from drinking raw milk. Like the wording is just like so backwards and like encouraging you to like, yeah, it's okay to have soda every now and then, but no, like stay away from that raw milk stuff because you could get super sick. Like it's, it's so backwards. I can't describe how backwards it is. Yeah. Like go eat some white bread, but, uh, don't have steak or something because there's saturated fat in it. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking insane. They're like, like they specifically say they have this graphic in their PDF and it just shows according to them that um, butter is way less healthy than canola oil. It's Margarine. Like, yeah. It's absolutely freaking insane. Like it, it's like this food that we've eaten for thousands of years is suddenly bad for you. And like this Franken food, like machine lubricant is a health food for you. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Like, well, I would love to, what I'd love to do is have the FDA, um, have the FDA, the, like the hierarchs that the FDA wear continuous glucose monitors oh, and like have them follow their own advice and then talk about what happens to them. That would be so amazing to see. <laughs> you know, for that, that'd be awesome to see, but even like a way simpler thing is like, just go look at them. Like, do they look healthy? No, no. <laughs> like none of them are, are healthy anyway. Can any of them run a, even a, a 10 minute mile? Probably not. Like much yeah, less, yeah. much less a marathon or go work out and lift something heavy or ride a bike. Like, like, give me a break, dude. Like, how are these guys setting the health standards for Americans? Like, it's freaking yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I recently saw a podcast where Joe Rogan went off on Bill Gates. He's <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just like, like, who is this guy? He claims he's a health expert. He's obviously not healthy. Like, look at him. And, you know, he's telling people how to eat. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, but people are believing it for some reason. Like, he he said it way better than I just said it, but like, he just went on a rant for a little bit about like how unhealthy, clearly unhealthy people are trying to teach people how to be healthy. And it makes no sense. Yeah. I think it's funny that people like will look to Bill Gates as like this god of health. It's like, well, one, he's <laughs> disgusting. And two, he's like, <laughs> what about him is like even healthy looking like, yeah. and plus like all the money he's putting into like fake meat and all these different things. Like, like clearly yeah. there's a conflict of interest there, but like from a very like just superficial face value, look at him, you're like, okay, you have man boobs, you have a gut, you, you don't even sound like a man and you look and, older than you are. Yeah. I don't even know how old he is, but he looks like he's 90 and just, I know gross. Like, let's see how old he is. I don't know um let's look this up and i gotta get going i have another call yeah i gotta get going too um, bill gates is 67 he looks way older than that and like there's yeah, just so much 70 my dad's 73 and he looks way older than my dad yeah it's freaking crazy but i don't know we could do another thing about the usda sometime like i feel like i have yeah. tons more to talk about with this like we didn't cover everything i want to chat about there's just so many things that went on but yeah but I, I feel like we did get across the the main stuff that's important. You know, yeah. if you, if you if you want, just to reiterate, if you want to try some junk food once a week, you, if you're okay with dealing with the consequences, that's fine. If you're the type of person that doesn't have those consequences, like you know, there's tons of people that can handle processed foods better than you and I. I would say, Derek. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like from what we've seen metabolically, you're probably fine if you're eating fairly clean. Um, if you do feel like you can afford it, maybe try a CGM and test yourself and just, you know, see how your body differs from me and Derek's. But yeah, it was a fun experiment. Um, I don't really care to do it ever again though. <laughs> um, but it is fun just to 
kind of reiterate what I always felt anyway about eating that way. Yeah, same. Like, I definitely don't want to eat junk again like that. Um, just partly because like I have things that I want to do in my life and I don't want to feel like death <laughs> till I die. <laughs> um, right. But at the same time, though, it's like, I think it is important to realize that everybody's different. We're all different phases of our lives as far as like metabolic health, um, just obesity or whatever in general. And so experiment with things and find out what works for you. And then don't be afraid to make changes. Like don't get stuck in some sort of dogma of like, I can only eat this way the rest of my life. Like things are going to change as your body changes and, and that's okay. And that's totally normal. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you have, Derek? Um, there's things I want to talk about, um, future episodes. Like I think there's, there's a study that came out recently about mental health and diet. Um, and it was kind of related to um, the shooting in Tennessee. And I definitely want to chat about that sometime with an expert on mental health and how your gut health can affects, can affect your mental health. I think it's a huge thing that we're overlooking in this country and be fun to, to chat about sometime. Yeah. And I could share some um, um, information so it won't be so one-sided, but like, obviously if you've been following me on Instagram, I've been dealing with some mental health stuff and I feel like my diet's pretty clean. I feel like my gut health is pretty clean, but you know, as much as I do agree that your diet does affect your mental health, I also agree that you could be eating the cleanest diet and you could still have some mental health issues that you're dealing with. But yeah, 100% yeah. agree. Like there's a lot of variables that play in um, and play into it for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be fun. So if you have any suggestions too of future content for episodes, like, you know, as always comment, send us messages. Thank you for listening to everybody and uh, comment if you have any suggestions or questions, send us messages, but we, we appreciate you for listening to this episode and we'll, we'll see you next week.